Welcome to Sermons from Silver Moon with Pastor Phil Barber of the Silver Moon Full Gospel Church. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church is committed to preaching the Word of God and invites you to join them for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night service at 6.30. Now, here's Pastor Phil Barber with today's message. John is a Roman prisoner on the Isle of Patmos. And so as he writes this book, he's going to one day hopefully leave this island. And if he's inspected and they look at this literature that he has written, it has to be in symbolism. So the Romans, who are anti-Christian at this time, do not see this as an anti-government document against the Romans. You see what I'm saying? And so it's written in language that Christians should understand and will understand if they know their Bible. So a great sign appeared in heaven. And we're talking about the real Christmas. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon, under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains, in agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, some versions say man-child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. That's identifying that child. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1,200, 1,260 days. This is Christmas in heaven. And it may shock you that the Christmas story that took place in heaven is not a story about love. It is not a story about peace. It is not a story about harmony. It is not a story about a family gathering around a Christmas tree, watching the fireplace burn with wood. The real Christmas story is a story about conflict and it has really always been a story about conflict. This is not the story that you and I have grew up with, but it is a nativity story all the same. In this story, there's no baby in a manger. There's no shepherds rejoicing. There's no wise men bringing gifts and worshiping, and all that did take place. There are angels, but these angels are not singing these angels are involved in a heavenly war of eschatological proportions. In this Christmas story, we have a beautiful clothed woman, not a poor woman on a donkey. We have a son, a male child. We have a great red dragon who stands ready to devour this son who is going to rule the nations with a rod of iron. And in one other translation, he's going to shepherd the nations of the world. And we know that will take place in the millennium. This is an ap this is apocalyptic Christmas story. There is a conflict that shows you and me that Satan, as we know, 
did not want Christmas to happen at all. He didn't want Jesus to be born, and he did everything he could stop it. The whole purpose of Christmas is that Jesus came to die for you and me in order to bring redemption and salvation to mankind. That is why he came, and that's why Satan wanted to kill the Christ child, and still today, he wants to kill Christmas. <clears throat> it may be true that there are those in our society that wants to remove all symbols and elements of Christmas from the public square, but they are motivated, and they are moved, and they are empowered, and they are encouraged by the great red dragon, Satan himself. See, the devil doesn't care if you shop until you drop. He doesn't care if you decorate your trees. He doesn't care if you put lights on your house. He doesn't care if you say Merry Christmas or don't say Merry Christmas. He applauds if you get drunk at the office party. But he doesn't want you to think about the real meaning of Christmas. And when mankind does, he gets angry and he does everything he can to stop it. Slide four. Slide four. We're going to see four characters in chapters 12 through 14. These are the seven chief characters in the book of Revelation. The woman, I'll show you that she is Israel. The dragon Chapter 12 takes more time to explain who the dragon is than it does explain who the male child is. It just gives us one little verse, basically. Two ideas about who the male child is. He gives us one idea about who the woman is, but he doesn't, he wants to make sure that you don't miss the dragon. And then the male child, Jesus Christ, the archangel represents the holy angels, and he is the holy defender of Israel. We'll meet the remnant of the woman, those who are saved during the great tribulation. We'll meet the antichrist, who's the beast of the sea. And we'll meet the false prophet, who is the beast of the land. And this kind of breaks into Revelation. And it's like putting the parentheses here. And what, <coughs> what Jesus Christ wants you and I to know is these are seven characters that you need to know in the book of Revelation. And it is about them. So we'll meet those seven characters. But we'll only consider verses 1 through 6, if time permits, because i got a baptism too. So what we're going to learn in verses 1 through 6 is, in slide 5 is, the primary opponent of God is Satan, the great red dragon. The primary opponent of God's people is not the government, but the great red dragon. And the primary opponent of Jesus Christ, God's Messiah, is the great red dragon. Now, who is this woman? Let's look at a description of her and just look at her clothing real quickly. And it says, <coughs> A woman clothed with sun and moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And so that, you ask the question. Who is this woman? What does this mean? 
Well, let you, you let the scripture interpret the scripture. And let me tell you what. There's like seven to eight hundred allusions to the book of a revolution, 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 revelation. We're not preaching revolution. Revel, revel, revelation uh, in the Old Testament. So you need to know the Old Testament. You need to be a Bible reader. Turn off CNN, turn off Fox, turn off whatever news station you're watching and read your Bible. Okay? Don't get filled up with all, get filled with the scripture, okay? And you'll know what's going on, you'll know what's going on in the news. I'll tell you for sure. But in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, chapter 37, you don't need to turn there. You can look later. Joseph has two dreams. And in one of his dreams, he tells his father that he ha- and his brothers that he had this dream. And in his dream, it says in slide 8, and go 8, and nine, eight says, verse 9, And he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren and said, Behold, I've dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and moon and twelve stars. Now, the woman has 12 stars, I'll give you that, made opposites to me or bowed down to me. And uh, verse, the next verse, Jacob hears this, here's what he says. But when he told it to his father and to his brother, his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And so Jacob interprets this symbol for us that we find in Revelation chapter 12 way a long time ago in Genesis 37. And he says, are we going to bow down? And we know the story there because we preached a series on the life of Joseph that when his family came, they did that bow down before him. But what is Jacob saying here? Well, remember with me that God wrestles with Jacob. And God blesses Jacob with a new name. And what's the name? Israel. And so he's saying, all of us, Israel, are we going to bow to you? But Joseph is the 12 stars. Let me throw that in there. He's that 12 star. He's the 12 sons of the tribe of Israel who are not forgotten, who, are, who will be remembered, who will be remembered in the end. And if you're one of those that thinks Israel's not important in the last day, you need to read Matthew chapter 24 again because Jesus tells the Jews, don't let your flight take place on what day? The Sabbath. Judea, this will take place in Judea. He says that in Matthew 24. I probably have the verse on the slide here in the future. He tells her, he talks about the abomination, desolation. That was to Israel. Where would that take place? In the temple. Where? In Jerusalem. In Israel. So if you get the idea that Israel has nothing to do in about the last days, you need to reread your Bible and go through Matthew 24 and read all the references there are to the Jewish people. And then come and talk to me, okay? And so this woman is represents the nation of Israel. That crown's a victor's crown. It's a Stephanos. So she is going to overcome. Her condition is she is pregnant. She is with child. And it says, And she being with child cried travel, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. Again, I ask the question, who is this woman? Let me say this. First of all, she's not the church. 
The church is the virgin bride of Jesus Christ. She's not Mary because Mary does not have other children if you're Catholic. So I'll just say that, remember, because she has other children in chapter 12. She does not flee into the wilderness for 1,260 days. Christian scientists thought it was Mary Baker, Baker Eddy, but I won't go into all that, but she's not. This woman represents Israel, but she represents all the women of Israel who are in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. She even represents Eve. The most important verse in the Bible. You have, you have to have this verse. I've, you heard me talk, preach, teach. I have told you this once. I've told you 10 times. I've told you 100 times. Uh, if I was like Brother Frey, I said, give me the next, the next five minutes. going to be the best five minutes of your life. But listen to this. This woman represents all those women who are going to give birth or in the birth line of the Messiah. The whole story of the Bible is telling you and me how Jesus Christ came into the world. That's the story of the Old Testament. That's why, amazingly, in Genesis 38, we have Genesis 37 through 50, we have this wonderful story of Joseph being sold into Egypt. <coughs> now listen, and lo and behold, Joseph is sold, and Genesis 38 just throws a chapter in it out of nowhere. It's a story of Judah, the fourth son of Jacob. And Jake and Judah. And I preached this. I don't think that was a good sermon. I preached it. It's one of the greatest. Judah's one of the greatest characters in the Bible. But Judah, after selling Joseph, leaves his family. No doubt he, there's division, there's strife over what they've done. Not all of them were in agreement. And Judah goes into the world. He makes friends with the Canaanites. He marries a Canaanite woman. He has sons by this Canaanite woman. They, the oldest son marries a Canaanite woman named Tamar. And he is so wicked, it's the first guy in the Bible that God slays. It says he slays him. So the law was the second son had to marry her to keep the line going. And he is so wicked that God slays him. And so there's another boy that's a little younger who's supposed to marry Tamar. And Judah does everything to keep from that union, union taking place. Well, Tamar, you got to admire, wants to have the Messiah child. Now, Judah doesn't know this. and She doesn't know everything yet. But there's some desire for her to have a Jewish child. But he won't do it. So she dresses up as a harlot, common harlot, not a temple one. And seduces her father-in-law. And when he finds out. He wants to have. That she, she's pregnant. He doesn't know that he's. That he has. Uh, slept with her. But when he finds out she's pregnant. He wants to kill her. And. The biggest, she had taken some trinkets from him. And handed them back. And he found out it was him. And he said. She's more righteous than I. But this is not a pretty story. You who are Holy. If this took place in our church and it just some story between a couple in our church, we'd all be horrified. It's, a, it's an ugly story. But the whole reason that story is there is that Judah will become 
the one through who the Messiah is born. And Judah and Tamar's son conceived wickedly, and she had twins, and the younger one is in the line. Jesus will become through that one. But that's why that whole story is there. So you'll know that. Rahab is in the genealogy of Jesus, and my goodness. If I just told you she was a woman of night with of the night, would that get it for you? How many of you have a woman of night in your genealogy? If you did, would you raise your hand? But it's right there in the story of Jesus. The whole reason the story of Rahab is there, so you'll know that the messianic line is coming to pass. And then Ruth, a Moabite, cursed to the tenth generation, is there. The whole story of Ruth breaks right there. Before David, the son of David is introduced, Ruth is introduced, his grandmother. But this is a conflict. And this woman represents Israel because Israel would give birth to Messiah. And so it went on and on and on. Let's read Genesis chapter 3 real quick and so you'll know what verse I'm... This, hey, you got to know this verse. To understand the Bible, you got to know this verse. It's, that's what it's, the whole, <coughs> help me, you school teachers. I should know this. I was a teacher once myself. But you have a thesis sentence, right? And it's supposed to do what? Come on, you homeschool teachers, you're on spot. Tell the story, right? I've helped people write stories. And I tell them, and I have new authors, they just don't like me telling them. I say, you should t be able to say, Tell me in one sentence what your story's about. One sentence what your story's about. And here is what the story of the Bible is about. Then the, remember, this is where Adam and Eve ascend, and now God is pronouncing judgment on all of them. We won't look at all their judgments. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is that you have done? And the woman said, <coughs> You might write Revelation 12 by that word deceived. Because verse 9 says that he deceived the whole world. See how it's tying the Bible together? All the way, you just take a string. Boom. The serpent deceived me in eight. In chapter 12, the Bible says he deceived the whole what? World. The serpent deceived me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put war, enmity, conflict between you and the woman and between your offspring. So there's going to be conflict between the devil's seed and God's seed. He shall bruise your head, and that's when Jesus was crucified, and he shall bruise your head, and he'll do that also, <laughs> and he, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain, you shall go forth and bring children. But the seed of a woman is going, and so this woman 
is Israel, and the reason she's born is so that uh, the reason she's given birth is so that she can bring forth one who will crush the serpent's head. And so she's Mary, she's Bathsheba, she's Sarah, she's Rebecca, she's Leah. So on my ask, <coughs> I'd ask, well, which woman is she, Rachel or Leah? I believe uh, she is <coughs> Leah because she's the mother of the Messiah. She's Tamar, Ahab, and Ruth, which I've already said. Just the moon, just for a second, I'm not going to take long on that, is that uh, the moon represents the covenants, the feast of Israel. If you remember that all the feasts of Israel take place around the moon cycles, and so it just reminds them of the covenant. Now, God is Israel's husband. Jeremiah, let's look at slide 13, and I know I've taken too long here. Slide 13. Return, faithless people, declares the Lord, for I am married unto you. One translation says, for I am your husband. One, some say I'm your master, which is fine. I will choose you, one from a town and two from a clan, and bring you to Zion. Verse Hosea 2.7 says, she shall pursue her lovers, but not overtake them, and she shall seek them, but sh shall not find them. <coughs> then she shall say, I will go and return to my first husband. For it was better for me than now. And so Israel is married to God. So the young people are coming in and it's give me a sign. Let me just say this quickly and stay with me. The moon also refers to the covenant of salvation. Jesus spoke of Israel on the Mount of Olives. The abomination of desolation. Those in Judea flee to the mountains. Pray that your flight will not be made on the Sabbath day. Now listen to this verse so I can tie in this woman to Israel. Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hearting has come upon Israel. And this is from Romans. Do we have a slide for that? Okay. <coughs> a partial hearting. That's a partial hearting has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Listen to me. All this anti-West anti-white white man supremacy all this uh, tearing down statues all this trying to rewrite the constitution all this trying to change our history and erase it has been predicted by the bible Amen. you're seeing the end the fullness of the Gentiles has come in and what will return is what it was like before I would say before Greece and Rome came to power, and that part of the world will begin to resurge itself again and again. And now this is political. Uh, so we're all going to have electric cars. All we're going to do by having electric cars, first of all, you know the electric grid in America will not be able to run your houses and power all the cars. I don't care what political persuasion you are. You convince me that if we all have to plug in our cars to go to work tomorrow, we're going to be able to heat our houses too. But anyway, you can't win a war with electric cars. Right now, China and, uh, China and Russia have hypersonic missiles that are far superior than anything we have. The end of the Western world is before us and it's being attacked on every side, which... Listen, I'm just telling you that's biblical. I'm not saying go to war over it. 
I'm just telling you, it's happening. And the Bible predicted it. So what are you supposed to do? You get saved and get ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You pray and be in God's house. And in this way, all Israel will be saved, it is written. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from where? Take my word on this. Why does it say Jacob and not Israel? Because Jacob's not perfect now. It's the old man. It's the old man. But God will use the tribulation to get Israel ready for salvation. And this will be my covenant with them. When I take away their sins. See, Israel's not accepted the Savior. You have. Hopefully you have. But God has promised them seven more years so that he might save them too. How many more days has God promised you? Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. For you, today is the day of salvation. If you could raise your hand and say, I'm Jewish, I'd say, well, I might, I'd say, <coughs> I'd say, get saved today. You know why? Because you don't want to wait until seven, the Great Tribulation gets saved. It's not going to be easy to get saved during the Great Tribulation. But today's the day of salvation for you. Not tomorrow. The Great Red Dragon... Have you got your Bibles open there? And we'll, we'll, get to, we'll touch the next, the, the man-child and the dragon. There where it says he's ready to devour the man-child, but the man-child's caught up to heaven. Why don't you write right there these words? Because you're going to get to write them again and again and again. But for the day, Satan lost. Amen. This great red dragon who's ready to stop the plan of God waiting there as King Herod as Haman who wanted to kill all the Jews as the Pharaoh who wanted to throw all the baby boys in the river as all those and time and time again where they tried to wipe out the seed of David lost right right there Satan lost yeah, great red dragon you know if you, if you were if I wanted you to see it you're supposed to kind of go, oh, wow. But the child that is born is caught up to heaven. And what it's saying is from his birth, throughout his ministry, to the cross, to the resurrection, Jesus triumphed over the devil until he ascended into heaven. And God said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies my footstep. Thank you for listening to Sermons from Silver Moon with Pastor Phil Barber. To find out more about today's message, you may contact the Silver Moon Full Gospel Church at 417-472-3360. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church is located on Highway 59 North between Neosho and Diamond, Missouri. Morning worship is at 10 a.m. with a Wednesday night service at 6.30 p.m. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church, where the distance is worth the difference. God's Word speaks truth. God's work speaks life. 
and God's Word speaks to us today. Hi, I'm Pastor John Marins of the Granby Christian Church. Each week we explore God's Word together on In the Shadow of Your Wings, a radio broadcast on KNEO. Tune in each Saturday at 6.45 p.m. to hear the show. And if you ever miss it, you can always view the archive online at kneo.org. We also have the program available as a podcast as well, so you can listen anytime, anywhere. It's available from Sky High Podcast Network. I invite you to check out the show and learn more about our incredible God and how He cares for you. You can trust Him. You can depend on Him, and you can rest in the shadow of His wings. 